Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Good morning, Trevor. I am so excited. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know how I am. It's the morning time. I'm ready to rock and roll. Who do you know today? Who do we got? Who's this amazing superhuman we're bringing up on stage today? You know, I am just beside myself. And I have to tell people very quickly before I introduce my lovely namesake, I have a vision board and it's right in front of me. And I had a picture of our next amazing guest. And I said, one day I truly want to meet her. I have to see who this wonderful lady is, learn more about the person that she is. And that is why I am so blessed and honored to have the opportunity to introduce not only an amazing actress, but a voice coach. She is a extraordinary director. She has the voice right now of the latest cartoon for DreamWorks. She played on Sister Sister. She has a master class teaching amazing people how to do the voice acting that she does. And her name is Rolanda Watts. Please let help me welcome her to the Breakfast of Champions Millionaire Club. That is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's so rare to be able to say hi, Rolanda. <laughs> so, I yes. Yeah. So nice. What a great room this is. I mean, I, I have just I constantly come in and out and I'm always picking up so much value, so much great information. And it's a joy and an honor to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. Rowe. You are so welcome. And we are just impressed, um, not just with your accolades, but you're just a, such a kind human being. And I know that you've always been humble with any person who has come in your path. So we thank you for being here with us. It's a true honor. I just have to ask you, because I've followed you for a number of years with all the things you've done, including your talk show, The Rolanda Show, which I loved watching. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yes. How have you sustained the ability to just continue reinventing yourself in Hollywood over these years? Well, you know, I I think it comes from just my my whole thing in life is that life should be gulped and not sipped politely. That I do things that I enjoy. And, you know, I've reinvented myself oftentimes because I wanted to try something new. I wanted to challenge myself. And then there are times when life happens and you have to reinvent yourself. You know, you hit the wall or the rug gets pulled out from under you and you've got to come up with something else. And I always believe that, you know, if you don't go within, you go without. And all of our gifts are already in us. 
and um and i just believe that you know the the the, the big the big force upstairs has given me a lot of gifts and my gift back to god is to use those gifts wisely kindly and um hope to influence in a good way wow rolanda i love what you just said if you don't go within you go without i've never heard that before that is i like that that's well, good for a mic drop moment. I wish I had a mic right here. I drop it real quick for you. That was <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> I have a real quick question for you. Did you hear my little intro? Okay, I'm yeah. trying to get with the voice acted stuff. You do a good job with all of that. I'm just trying to see what you know. What did you think? I, my little intro. Did you like it? I thought you were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like you have a southern accent, Trevor. I I love your your accent. It's it's mixed with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it it is. It definitely is. Um, down south, uh, uh, Dallas, Texas, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Let's roll. Yep. Well, North Carolina here. I get it. Hey. <laughs> it's a twang yeah. thing. So I have a question for you about um, the uh, the Rolanda show, right? Yeah. Um, I was watching an interview with you where you were talking about your reason uh, for leaving the show, mm -hmm. right? For kind of shutting it down. Uh, can you speak to that? Because I thought it was really, really interesting. And I, and I, it reminded me of the times back then when all the, the Jerry Springer shows were going on and all of these <laughs> talk shows that were a little bit crazy. Can you speak to that? I thought it was a very interesting interview. Yeah. You know, before I did my talk show, I was a journalist. I still am a journalist. I was on WABC, WNBC, Inside Edition. And I've always wanted to use my storytelling to help people. Uh, to change minds, to change hearts, to change laws. So it was exciting to get to be able to do an hour of power, to be able to help people. And on the Rolanda show, we're going back to 19, gosh, 1994 to 1998. Um, we were getting kids out of gangs. We were talking about race issues. We were talking about gay America, things people weren't even talking about back then. And, um, and we were going into prisons, doing live shots, you know, with the OJ trial, we were the only talk show with a seat in the trial. I mean, we were doing some great stuff. And then all of a sudden, the tide changed. And I think many of us remember going back then when Jerry, uh, when Geraldo got his nose broken with a chair thrown in his face. Um, you know, you had the wild stuff going on. And I was fighting it, fighting it. But, you know, people would say, oh, I love your show. But they'd be turning to Jerry Springer to see what crazy stuff was going to happen. And you may recall back then, William Bennett came out and he said, you know, talk shows are bad and da, 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 da. So everybody tried to clean up their act and we were in a good place already. Well, Jerry, and I love Jerry. I mean, Jerry does Jerry. And he said, you know, screw that. I'm going to go do my own thing. And he took all of our ratings and stuff. But he got to a point where there was this one show that we did where it was one of those pop reveal, I have a surprise for you. And the guy came out and told his girlfriend, well, I'm having an affair on you. And the, you know, the shock goes to the audience. And then she turned, she said, well, I have a secret for you. I'm having an affair with you, on you. The guy stood up, took a big hawk and spit on this woman. And I said, stop the show, get security, get this guy out of my studio right now. And I'm not gonna stay, I'm not gonna finish this show because I know it's gonna, y'all gonna air it. <laughs> And I said, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I cannot, under my name, one name, Rolanda, I cannot have women disrespected on my stage. I can't have children growing up looking at their parents acting crazy. One, I can't do this. And so, I can remember having a meeting with my staff, and you know, they were they were like, "But we got to get the ratings. We got to do this." I said, "No, we don't have to do this." And I can see the skid marks when we stopped. And two weeks after that meeting, the Jenny Jones murder happened when uh, the, the, she had a surprise, pop surprise guest. Everybody was ambushing people back then, you know? And this guy had a secret crush, and turns out it was another guy who had a crush on him. And when they went back home, because you put all these crazy people on the same plane in the same hotel rooms, and they go back to the same hotel, I said, somebody's going to kill somebody. Sure enough, there was the murder. And I said, I just can't. And Roger King, who... Um, I was with my, my production company and King World put my show on. But Roger King, who is still in, in heaven, the number one selling his television executive ever, uh, Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Oprah Winfrey, the Inside Edition, the Rolanda Show, 
um, he and I had a talk. And, and I said, I remember when we started this project, we said, we're going to do the Lord's work. We're going to do good stuff. And this is not what I signed up for. I just can't. I can't. And so he agreed. And we just, we could not compete with the craziness. And so I just said, I, I, there are other things I can do. I can do other things and, and still, you know, help people and tell good stories. And I tell stories in a different way. And so that's when I went to Hollywood. That was one of those reinvention moments. But it's also, you know, a lot of times when we reinvent ourselves, it's that little kid in us that was always longing to do that from the very beginning. And sometimes we get so jaded by what we're supposed to do, what mom and dad said we have to do, what's popular to do, that we really cheat that little kid in us. And all of my life, I have wanted to act. I've always wanted to act. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to sit on a porch at 120 years old going, I could have, would have, should I could have been a contender if I only tried. And I said, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to go for it. And that was 25 years ago. And, um, and I've created other careers and, you know, like I said, a lot of it is because of the things I love to do, that I was born to do, that I dreamed of doing. And then a lot of it was because I had to survive, you know, and I had to find some new gifts and new ways to to uh, to, to survive, basically. But um, I'm really proud of those decisions, that, you know, the really tough decisions sometimes. But sometimes you just got to go for it. You got to believe in yourself and you just have to take that that leap of faith. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I love that you you stood up for what you believed in. And uh, what's crazy to me when I think about all this is that a lot of the, the drama you saw on those shows, like, I just thought this was TV and a lot of it was staged, but it, it sounds like a lot of it was actually real. They were just kind of putting everyone together and creating some of that drama. Oh, no question. No question. Oh my goodness. And some of the producers would go and be, you know, <laughs> the picadors, I would say, of, of the talk show business would go and rile you up. And yeah, back in the 90s, that was very real. Now, as it went on, you know, you expect to see a threesome on Jerry Springer and on Maury, you see the pop, <laughs> the pop quiz about who's your daddy. You know, the, the, those things are, you pretty much expect that when you go on the shows. That's not my type of show, but I love Jerry. I love Maury. They're doing exactly what they said they would do, make a lot of money doing their doing their thing, and they're doing it. Um, but that just wasn't my style, and that seemed to be the, the only thing to do. I mean, we were having every celebrity, Patti LaBelle, Debbie Gibson, James Brown, everybody on the show trying to boost ratings, and people were not were not into it. They wanted that crazy drama. You know, it says a lot about America, <laughs> but that's what America wanted when they watched talk shows at that time. I think it's changed now. You're getting more Kelly and Tamron, or who are, you know, a lot tamer, you know, Drew, those types, and that's good. But yeah, I mean, you know, if that's your thing, there it is. Awesome. I loved your show, and I hope one day, if you choose to, that you'll come back um, and put a show on. Again. Listen, I am totally available. <laughs> Fantastic. So I have to ask, what is your fondest memory of working on the show, Sister, Sister? Oh, my gosh. Well, well, working with Jack A. Harry and Tim Reed and the Maori twins, that was they were they were actually the ones that that helped raise me, I would say, in Hollywood. That was my first gig. And I just remember the show was ending and I was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. And they were looking for a love interest for Tim Reed. And um, they called and said, would you be interested? And I said, would I be interested? Are you kidding me? I mean, you talk about manifesting things. I had, had held the secret. And the irony is that I was here in New York and um, of all times, my theater arts director from college was in town. And I called her and I said, I cannot believe I have this audition. She said, well, let's do it. And we had to put it on camera. And back then, people didn't have cameras the way we do today. We had to go rent a camera. And she shot the scene for me. And we prayed over it. And I got the role. And it was being the, the, the vivacious Vivica Shaw on um, on Sister Sister. I had wonderful memories of that. It was just absolutely wonderful to work with that body of that cast. I mean, some of the best professionals, excellent in comedy, wonderful writers, and to have a first gig as that. And, and plus Vivica, the role was so great. I mean, she was just such a little con artist. 
and I think she ended up going to jail. <laughs> but she was just, she was a cheater and a con, and the girls hated her, and it was just great fodder, you know. But that was my start, and it just, um, it just, it just gave me a God's wink. I would say that you're in the right path, you're in the right direction, and I got you. I got you. I love that show. I love that show. Isn't that a up. great show? <laughs> oh my goodness, it is a great show. Hey, um, boo. <laughs> oh my goodness um okay so i was uh also doing a little little uh research on you and i was seeing that you've got a lot of things going on like a voice um uh acting master class and i was just so impressed by all of the um the voiceover stuff that you do um all kinds of like characters and like cartoons and just all this stuff can you talk to us about your your uh your voice acting masterclass? Absolutely. You know, it, th th that was one of those things. Here's another thing about reinvention. Sometimes things happen to you. You don't decide. The world might or the universe decides what you're going to do. It was the beginning of COVID. And actually, like a, a couple of years before COVID hit, um, I was doing this whole reinvention retreat talking to people about change, that change can be good, that you can, you know, reinvent yourself, go within or go with, you know, all that stuff. And people were like, reinvention? What are you talking about? COVID hit and everybody had to reinvent. And I had people coming to me for the retreat. And most of the people, a lot of people were saying, I know what I want to do. I want to do what you do, the voice acting. I want to do that. Will you teach me? And I was like, sure, sure. So I started this class. And it has been amazing. It has really been amazing. I have, I, I've never taught before. I come from a family of teachers and certainly have been influenced by them, but never thought of teaching. And I'm going to tell you, it is one of the most wonderful gifts ever to watch people come in, not even knowing what they're going to do with this thing and don't even know what's going to happen in this class. And they start playing and having fun and they're finding out the different genres of voice acting. Many people didn't even know there was something called voice acting, that you can make a career doing that. And we just have a great time. I, um, I had a retired lieutenant commander of the Navy come in, Lori Campbell. She's retired from the military. She's trying to figure out what her next move is. She came in, she took that class. I mean, she talked about discipline, <laughs> those military folks. She's now the voice of the Navy, y'all the voice of the Navy. And we just did a big conference with DreamWorks and NBC Universal talking about voice acting for the military. And I wanna get more vets in voice. And we're really targeting that reinvention. But I've gotten folks who are just, just really blossoming and you know they're all over here in Clubhouse. The joys of voice acting is my club. And my students have started the squad, the sponge squad, you know, for newbies coming into voice acting. They, I just it's, get so excited to see people discover something new, to see themselves grow, and to get excited and enthusiastic about something in the midst of a crisis, right? And really taking the, this thing by the, by the horns and making it happen. So, yeah, my voice acting master class, it's a six-week intensive study. One of my students said, I feel like I'm getting a doctorate in voice acting. It's like, yeah, you are sort of. But, um, you, you know, it's six weeks. It's, we meet on Saturdays for two hours. And, you know, you come in and you, you find out what that special sauce is in your voice. We figure out what the casting directors are looking for, what the cl clients are looking for, helping the students find their genre, whether it's movie trailers, promos, animation, commercials e-learning, audiobooks, um, so much is going on. And, and plus, the industry has changed uh, quite a bit since COVID. M many of us are working from our closets at home. So helping them set up their own studio space, which is usually a closet. It, listen, it's not a glamorous job, I will tell you that. Half of us are working under covers <laughs> and everything. But I tell you what, it has been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to help people grow, to find something new to do, and to survive, get them a side hustle going, you know? Yes, and you, oh, yes, ahead, you are the Rose, biggest, yeah, no, go ahead. Um, you are the biggest um, advocate for so many things and helping people, and that's why we love you so much. I also see that 
uh, Grant Cardone has come in, and I know he's a fan. Um, just watching your show, Sister, Sister, all the things you've done. Welcome, Grant, as well. And I'm just so thankful. Hey, Grant. <laughs> hey there. Hey, I've been undercover myself. <laughs> Grant, I love you. I get in these rooms where you are, and I just enjoy you so much. <laughs> Another uh, Southern you. accent, Trevor. That's yes, right. Sir. That's right. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. <laughs> yes. And so I have to ask you, and then I'll go back to your show. Yeah. I know Dr. Man Maya Angelou is your aunt, you know, and she has, <clears throat> when she was alive, sorry, when she was alive, and I get choked up about that, <clears throat> she has helped you in so many ways and rose above help you to rise you know just as a Spelman grad Columbia University grad everything you've done what is it what inspired you to write that novel Destiny Lingers that she endorsed well you know Let's see. Well, my grandparents back in 1948 were one of 10 Black families that established Ocean City on Topsail Island in North Carolina, the first Black beach resort in North Carolina. And they, you know, while it was to integrate the island, it, the island was still very segregated. Whites lived on one side, Blacks lived on the other. And there was a trailer park near where our neighborhood was. And the children were white. They, they were white. And, and back then, it was so racist down there that the children couldn't play together in public. But, you know, you can't stop children. They, we'd hide out in the marsh and play with each other, go over to the sound and crabbing and stuff. And I said, you know what? One day all of this is going to change. And what would happen if two of these little kids couldn't play together? There's a line in the book that says, I, he, I, I he couldn't play with me because I was black and I couldn't play with him because he was poor. And I said, what would happen if these two kids, the victims of racism and classism, grew up and actually met each other again? You know, time moves on, but destiny lingers. What would happen? What would you do at a second chance at your first love? And so I really wanted to tell a story about classism, racism, and how love endures all. It's a juicy, good romance novel. Amazon calls it a romance suspense novel, but it's about this investigative news reporter in New York City who is covering every story but not paying attention to her own life until she finds this long strand of red hair stretched across her husband's bed pillow. The only person she knows with bright red hair is her best friend, and you know where that's going to go. So she, the hostage situation and all this other stuff that goes on in her life, she has to go get her head together and goes down to North Carolina to her family beach house to get her head together. Meets this young, this this handsome police chief, think Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> this handsome police chief. And there's this uncanny familiarity and come to find out that's the little boy she was in love with but couldn't be with. Time moves on, destiny lingers, and you'll have to read the book and find out what happens. But um, Damn, I really wanted to- <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a good one. There's a mm -hmm. hostage situation, hurricanes. Even the guys are liking reading it. It's good. You got a cop and a journalist. You got a lot of good stuff. But um, I really wanted to tell that story. And I had worked on it for so long and kept it secret. And one day I said, Auntie, to my Auntie Maya, and she's and she's not blood related. She's uh, a close fan. She was a close family friend of ours for about 40 years. Um, but she's, she's, I said, Auntie, would you just kind of look at this and see what you think? She read it and she sat me down at her dining room table and she said, I am so angry with you. And I said, why? What did I do? Split a verb or something? <laughs> She's like, you finished it. She said, I want more. She says, keep this story going. And she said something so important to me and I'm going to pass this on to those of you with a story. Don't let that story die inside of you. They, you know, you go by the graveyard, there are 50 million novels out there. There are inventions out there. There's creations out there, dreams that people took with them. Don't, don't let this dream die inside of you. And so she endorsed the book, which was just amazing. And um, 
was just such a huge supporter. And I have always, you know, all of us have admired Maya Angelou and her literary skills, but it was, um, that was a very, very, I think that's one of the most precious moments of my life to be told by this literary great that I too have a story to tell. And that, look, Dr. Rowe, I'm gonna get choked up now. <laughs> but um, she believed in me and that meant the world to me. She was just such a, such an incredible force in my life. and. And um, she has inspired me greatly, no question. Yes, and I, I remember, I recall your interview about it. I get choked up as well. But I also get choked up because you literally, and I don't know how many people have told you this, I am a connoisseur <laughs> of books. But when someone writes well, you just gravitate to them. You write well, you speak well, your language is just so amazing. And I know that's your major as well, and it just shows. So I know that Dr. Maya Angelou is looking out from heaven, smiling at the amazing woman you are. So I just want to say that to you, if I don't ever get a chance to say anything else. Thank you, Dr. You just, that, Lizzie, that comes from years of my mother and father. Go, like We'd be outside playing and say, go get the ball, get it. My mother would yell out the window, the word is get, not get, because one day you might want to get a job. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to say, my parents were real strict about speaking well. <laughs> well, you are a master communicator, that is for sure. I've got a question for you because you've done some acting and things like that. What would be one of your dream acting roles? Like what's next? What's coming up next for Rolanda? Oh my gosh, wouldn't we all love those juicy roles like Viola Davis gets? I mean, those are great roles. Um, you know, I I love drama and I love comedy. And and it's and I love them both. I um I you know, of course in drama I'd love to play some kind of kick butt attorney or you know, some somebody like the real strength like that. I would love to do something like that. Or a villain. That would be fun. Like run a mob family. That'd be cool. Ooh. Or in comedy, I just, I love comedy. In fact, I've got um, a sitcom coming out this fall called Partners in Rhyme, and it's MC Light's vehicle. She's the star of it. And uh, I play a money-hungry music executive. Give me the merch and the money. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm playing, a, a, actually playing a, a grandmother in a movie that's coming out uh, in January. It's called Due Season. Vivica Fox is in it. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm so versatile. I like, like it all. I love, love comedy. I do a lot of stand-up comedy. And then drama, I love that too. Yeah. I, like hmm. the I don't know there. if I really answered your question, but. No, no, that was great. That was a perfect answer. I, I, I want to see you as the villain. I think that I would be know. Fun. Wouldn't that be great? Those are, <laughs> you know, I do a lot of villain and, and bitchy roles <laughs> with my voice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Wonderful. Yes. And one of the coolest roles that you have just in life, and I don't call you a reinventionist because you actually invented the wheel in voiceover acting and other things, but we love hearing your voice in so many things. I, I know um, when my son was alive, we'd laugh at, you know, hearing you on some, like as a grandmother and things. And my son would actually go in the closet because he was so scared. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the voices that you had, and my kids would use that as leverage, you know, to tell him, you better stop or we're going to play this, you know, uh, the grandma on there. So how did you actually get started in the field of voiceover? And uh, yeah, just, just tell us that first. Well, you know, I was doing the promos for my show. And back then, I didn't even really know that, that there was a voice acting career. I didn't know that. I went out to Hollywood, you know, to, to start acting. And the writers went on strike. It was the longest strike in Hollywood history. Nine months we were without work. And let me tell you, when the writers go on strike, y'all, everything in Hollywood shuts down. And you know, movies, that's our natural resource. It isn't wheat, grain, and oil. It's movies and movie stars. So the whole town shut down. And I was like, oh my God, I gave up everything to move out here and act. And now I'm on a picket line serving pizza to writers. I can't believe this. And I said, I've got to keep my dream going. What can I do? So I took a course in voice acting. And I'm going to tell you, it lit up something in me that I, I, it changed my world. It totally changed my life. And I, and I just say that, like, when you're in transition, 
you know, take a course, something will ignite you, something will give you your direction. And that was it for me. I just loved it. I was the um, pro because I knew promos in the daytime audience. I was the promo voice for the Judge Joe Brown show for Divorce Court. Um, I've been Professor Wiseman on Curious George for 15 years. I'm in Madagascar in the wild. What else do I do? Uh, Kung Fu Panda, Cannon Busters. I've worked for CNN, Wells Fargo, Boeing, McDonald's. I'm doing a project with James Patterson now. It's just been wonderful. And I um, and now I'm teaching also. But it has been a magnificent opportunity and just something I never even knew existed. And I had I was listen, I was hungry and trying to find how I'm going to stay in L.A. I mean, you know, make this work. And it just really like I told you, sometimes when the rug gets pulled out from under you, you, you just keep, keep, you know, just keep your mind open <clears throat> because the universe will send you something. And like we said earlier, if you don't go within, you go without. The funny thing about it is I used to talk so much as a kid. I was speaking in complete sentences at 11 months. And I used to talk so much and tell so many stories. And my father would say, here, here's a tape recorder. <laughs> go in your room, tell the story, make up the voices, wow. give me some sound effects. And I, I mean, if the water was running, I'd go out in the creek and put the microphone in the water. And I was making up all these voices. And then he said, then play it for the family after dinner. So that's what I did. And I look at my life today. That's exactly what I do. I go in my room. I make up funny voices and um, and hopefully make people smile. So that's uh, like I was saying earlier, a lot of the gifts that we have and a lot of the skills that we really have innately are those things we did as children. So really tap into that, y'all. Some of that stuff can come back alive. It's not in, in, going anywhere. It's right there in you. So use it. I love that. Rolanda, so I've got a couple questions for you because you don't know what you don't know. And I'm sure you probably teach this in your master class. But like, how do you find, you know, opportunities, you know, voice voice acting opportunities? And is there like an audition process that you go through? Do people like send in audio clips? Like, how does all that work? <laughs> well, yes, you have an agent usually. I, I think there are many opportunities now. COVID has changed a lot for the voice industry. Uh, it, you know, like when usually when we go in to the studio, there'll be all the actors there and we're acting out and we play off each other and that type of thing. With COVID, we're pretty, you know, we're doing it like Zoom now and we're all in our individual spaces or sometimes we'll just read all of our lines and then they go to the next actor and they, you know, read their lines and the rest. But yes, it's an audition process. My agent sends me a script and I'm going to tell you some of the top people audition a hundred times before they get a gig. I mean, this is the, the job really is auditioning. Once you get the gig, that's like the cherry on the Sunday. Cause when that's over in an hour, you got to start all over again, but yeah, they send a script and you go in your little office, your, 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 your closet, wherever your studio is. And you audition, you do the, you read the script in the best way you can. You make up the character, you build the scene because really this is a business of, there's a microphone, there's a computer, and your imagination. That's it. I tell my students, you are a solopreneur. You're not an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur at least gets an, gets an assistant. <laughs> you know, solopreneur, it's you, your imagination, and your microphone. That's it. And the computer and some good Wi-Fi. And if you're lucky, you land the gig. But, you know, it is a lot of auditioning. It is not an easy career. It really isn't. You really have to love it and remember why you're doing it. And I tell you, it's like playing golf and you hit that ball and hear ping. Oh, man, I'm going back out there again. It's kind of like that. Um, you just it's just a craft. It's a wonderful craft. And there's so many opportunities. Like I said, you know, you're hearing more people doing meditation, bedtime stories because people are having a tough time sleeping. They need to calm down. We're having more e-learning because people are at home. They're trying to reinvent themselves. We have audio books that are going through the roof. And also, you know, people don't want to hear like Alexis and Siri and all. They don't want to hear like a robotic voice. They really want to hear a human voice. And let's look, let's face it, y'all. Look at Clubhouse. We see the power of audio. The voice is one of the most, oh gosh, it's one of the most beautiful instruments on earth. And, you know, they say that a lot of children who survive fires They'll sleep through the alarm, but if they hear their mother's voice, they wake up. And you moms know, if, you're, if your kid goes, Ma, you're in the middle of Kmart, 
You know that's your child. No other mother turns around. You know your child's voice. So the voice is so important. And, it, you know, and I think what we're hearing more, if you listen to television, even digital media, radio, whatever, empathy is what we're trying to bring into our voices now. Because people are hurting. People are, people are really hurting right now. So we're, we're finding that there's more empathy, more natural voices, not those selling kind of voices. Even in animation, we're finding that the, the crazy, that kind of stuff, that's not so much anymore. People are getting more natural voices. So it's interesting to watch the industry change and to grow within it. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an exciting industry for sure. Absolutely. We have a hot mic and one of the moderators helped me. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you. Uh, for, thank you. Sorry Rolanda, about that, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rolanda, for um, be, uh, sharing. You're welcome. Would I possibly be able to ask Rolanda okay. a question? Um, I'm an actress. Can I have you? Can I? Can I have you wait um, until we get done, and we'll be at question and answers very quickly? Thank you. Um, so, Rolanda, I have a special person that I want to introduce you to before Trevor and I ask you the last two questions, and then we'll open it up to the audience. On our very own Breakfast with Champions stage, we have a, an amazing, talented actor or actress, I should say, voiceover extraordinaire. Her name is Elle Michelle. She also plays the saxophone. And I envision in the future that the two of you will work together in your master class, like her helping too. I want to introduce you to her. Um, Elle Michelle, are you there? <laughs> Absolutely am. Hello, <laughs> you, what you don't know, hey, Elle, what you don't know, Dr. Rowe, is that Elle Michelle has already been to my class. What I appreciate about oh Elle gosh. Michelle, <laughs> I have her come in to teach my students how to take care of their, their voices, that, to, how to take care of their instrument, and she comes in and, and gives us voice maintenance. <laughs> So and she's yeah. been keeping a humble secret then because she doesn't tell me who she knows and I don't tell her who I know. So I'm thankful that we all can reconnect on the stage. So Elle Michelle, you can literally vouch for this masterclass, right? That it's oh, amazing. My goodness. Can I ever vouch for this amazing woman's masterclass? You learn technique, you have a great time, you learn the ins and outs of the industry, what to expect, what not to expect. She is excellence through and through, top to bottom. I'm telling you, you will absolutely love her masterclass. I, I just love it myself, I'm and I was privileged. What is that, Rolanda? I said, I'm going to hug you around the neck when I see you. <laughs> That's right. You better. You better. I'm telling you. And I had the greatest time being able to come in and teach on vocal care and uh, to, you know, for the longevity of your vocal aptitude. I loved doing that and being a part of that. She is just phenomenal. Thank you, Rolanda, for the opportunity. You are so welcome, Elle. And it, it, I, you, my students love that information that you share as well. If y'all want to know the details of the class, you can just go to Rolanda.com, R-O-L-O-N-D-A.com, and you can, you know, if you're interested, just set up a discovery call. I only take a dozen students per session, so I want a discovery call with you to see how serious you are. Not everybody's going to get in, so um, if that's something that interests you, I'd love to speak with you. It, it, it's, it's really, even the students who are actors, um, I encourage my actors take voice acting because at some point in life, you're going to have only five characters you can play anymore with voice acting. It's unlimited what you can play. You're not only playing humans, you're playing animals. You're playing. I'm also pigeon. I play a pigeon. You know, (laughs) I play a dog. I play all kinds of things. Or you might play a screwdriver or a sponge, you know? So it really is a, a, a great opportunity to expand the interest that you already have to try something new and many of my students, we have um, one of my students is Jasper Cole. He plays every bad guy. I mean, he's, he looks like a bad guy. and He plays bad guys. But he has the voice of an angel. And he said, bro, please help me. All I play is bad guys. Do you know that when he finished my class, he booked a commercial and a podcast drama, this time not playing bad guys. I had another actor come in, Carlise Burke, who's um, she plays the grandma on Mixed Dish. 
She said, my agent keeps sending me all of this boy stuff, want me to play birds. I don't know how to play a bird. I said, girl, come on in here and use your imagination. Let's get this thing done. She finished the class. She booked Tweety and Sylvester and Tweety playing a queen canary. I'm like, I don't. I never promise that you're going to get work when you leave my class. That's, that's, that takes But I can't say that now because people are actually taking that craft, using the momentum, taking what they learn. And here's the other thing about a good class. You build confidence. There is nothing like what education does for you as you walk on this earth. You've got to educate yourself. Take a class, take, you know, whatever it is, take improv, stand-up comedy, writing class, whatever, but expand your mind and you'd be surprised what you can do. The confidence when they walk in those booths and they do those auditions now is totally different than when they started six weeks before. They're just different people and different artists. And I'm really proud of that. They're really taking the momentum. And like I said, they're all over Clubhouse. You can find my, look, I'm, I'm a mama bear. You find my babies everywhere. <laughs> Rolanda, I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a testimonial real quick because uh, Elle Michelle, you're absolutely right. She, so she went through your, your master class and we have this tournament that we play in here uh, in Clubhouse and she doesn't know this or I don't know if she knows this. I haven't told her, I don't think, but she so far has the all time high score in our tournament. Like she won the tournament, but not only that, she, right now she's she's got the trophy. She got the gold. She, she's she got the all-time high. And now I'm hearing she's doing deals with like Snoop Dogg and stuff. I don't even know what's going what? on. She's crushing it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, she's very humble and just a sweetheart. And um, Rolanda, I'm just so thankful for you. Elle Michelle as well. I, I finally got to meet her in New York and she's just amazing just in all ways. So thank you so much. So Rolanda, who is your role model and why? Well, you know, Dr. Maya Angelou was certainly a role model. And I had very beautiful, I still have my mom. My mom and dad were my role models. Um, and yeah, I think those were the main, but, you know, a lot of the role models that I had were people that were my teachers or, or somebody, the lady at the church who always noticed me or somebody who, you know, you know, I was, I was a high energy little kid. You know, I was like a ballistic missile. I come in the room and they're like, duck, here comes Rolanda. You know, so people who really took interest in me and, and, you know, and, and helped me feel confident. Yeah, you talk a lot, but you know, I'm a talk show host. Yeah, you're kind of bossy. Well, now I'm a CEO. <laughs> yeah, you're, you ask too many questions. Well, now I'm a, an award-winning journalist. You know, so the, all the things that you thought were your faults turn out to be your greatest gifts. And a lot of that was helped to develop because people said, that's okay, be you, do you. And I think it's those types of people that that um, that encouraged my often my to be authentic, to be who you are with all the the stuff that goes with it. And I think that's uh, very much. But yeah, Dr. Maya Angelou was just such a, a huge influence on my life and and my parents, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'd love to see you and Grant do some work together, too, since he's the undercover. Oh, you got to do that. I would love, I would be so honored, Grant. You have no idea. You know, Rolanda, you should put a guarantee in there in, in your in your coaching. You guarantee a job and just get, get a fee for like, I don't know what you charge, but like 100x that or 10x it, you know, and get, yeah. have, a guarantee, have a guarantee clause in case, in case they actually get a job. <laughs> Yeah, well, people are, they're, they're, use, they're using the momentum and really changing their lives. They're doing great things with their voices. I'm, I'm so proud of them. I, I just, like I said, I'm the mama bear. I cry every time the class ends. Uh, well, well, that's you, I, need, I need some speech less, uh, training, so you could train me. I, I would coach you in your business, and you could train me how to tell stories. Grant, you got it. That would be a dream come true. I would love to do that. Look at that. I'm loving it. So now we're going to go to questions, and I have a queue um, here in order. But first, I'd like to go to the creator of this club, give him the opportunity to comment or have a question if he's um, there. And um, then after that, we have Alexander Gonzalez and then Kelly, who uh, spoke earlier. Glenn, are you with us? 
Kimi and Biot uh, taking a run. So let us go to Alexander. Go ahead, one of my favorite MCs in the whole wide world. Go ahead, Alexander. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Rowe and Rolanda. Thank you. So I'm like so amped for this entire interview and everything that you said has just been including, you know, one thing that I learned in life recently is that what I always thought was going to be the brake pedal of my life has become my gas pedal. So I love that that's your story too. My question <laughs> is this, when you're in the height of success, when you're in a moment where you have a talk show host and the industry starts to pivot and your choice is to either pivot with the industry or to pivot with your morals, how do you stand firm in your beliefs in spite of the money, in spite of the accolades, in spite of the success and say, I am Rolanda. This does not align with who I am. This is not align with who I am a child of God, who, who he's created me to be and make that decision, trusting that God's got you. And in the end, all will work out. Well, you said it right there. I trust that God's got me. Listen, it wasn't easy giving up an hour every day on television internationally. It wasn't easy living, leaving all that money on the table. Trust and believe. But I just couldn't, I just couldn't live with myself doing that. That's not who I am. And I don't disrespect people and I don't ambush people and I'm not mean to people. And that just could not do it. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I, and to be honest with you, I don't think the people who, who follow me and, and count on me would want me to do that. I think I would have really disappointed my fan base if I had taken that moment. And it wasn't an easy decision. But then again, it was the the only decision. So I had to trust that that, you know, that there that God gave me something else, another gift to work with. And that when the tide changes, I'll come back and do nice programming. But um I just I just couldn't just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I'm just not built like that. And I and and thank goodness my my fellow producers and executive producers and you know, the people at King World and all were like, yeah, we we get it. We get it, but um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, you know, in some ways it was a tough decision, but I think it, like I said, it was the only decision because it's just, it just wasn't who I was. Well, the tides have changed, Miss Rolanda, and I think we ready for it. So let's go. <laughs> well, listen, I'll, honey, I'm ready for the comeback tour. Let's do it. <laughs> and Rolanda, yeah, and Rose. I would love to say that, Rolanda, anytime you want me to come back and teach alongside you, like I did before with the vocal care, I would love it. Well, I'll have a place for you to come in because it's it's important because I tell these students, you, your body is carrying the greatest instrument on earth and you have to take care of it like you would a harp or an organ or a flute or cello. You got to practice and you got to know how to take care of it. And And you came in and gave some great tips on vocal care. So I'll have you back. You got it. Awesome. Family love. Thank you so very much. We're going to go to Kelly and then Dr. Janie. And keep in mind, guys, we only have 12 minutes. So if there's um, time for questions, Trevor will call on you as you flash. If there isn't, please go to uh, Miss Rolanda with an O, her Instagram, and go to her website. If you make a mistake and come to my website, I'll send you back to her website. I'm Rolanda <laughs> with an A. She's Rolanda with an O. <laughs> All righty. Go ahead, uh, Kelly. Thank you. This is Kelly speaking. Um, Rolanda, first of all, I love what you said about, you know, remembering what we loved as kids can often lead to you know, our dream job as an adult. And I've kind of found that with acting. I used to play make-believe a lot on a farm um, <laughs> growing up in Australia because I didn't <laughs> didn't have much to do. So, um, and, and watching movies, that was, you know, my escapism. And then now I'm in them. And um, so I really love what you said, but I would love to get into voiceover. And when Trevor asked you kind of like the nitty gritty, the voiceover, and you talked about, you know, your agent sending you things, I was wondering if you'd take a step back and tell us, you know, if anyone here is interested in getting into voiceover, how do you get an agent? And if you have an accent other than American, is there a market for that? Thank you, I'm Kelly. I'm done speaking. Oh, absolutely. Accents are wonderful. And even, you know, if you have a Southern accent, people come and they say, oh, I got to get rid of my Southern accent. I say, why? That's like cutting off your arm. That's who you are. So you save that for there's going to be a character or a situation where that Southern accent is going to work. 
or you know heck the the world is so inter you know everything is so international now um you might get a job in the netherlands because they need an english american speaking you know the, the american accent you might get a job over there who knows uh, but yeah, accents are, are are delicious, and I think that as we're becoming more international, and and uh, I think you're hearing a lot of ethnic voices now more than ever ever before, and so um, yeah, very much so. To get an agent, you know, you that's a tough one because you really got to know what you're doing. You got to get in there and take those classes, get your demo reel done. After my six week course. You go, what I want my students to do is go to the next step, which is getting their demo reel done. A demo reel is a minute. That's about three different voices showing your range of voice. And then you most likely, you know, you would get referred to an agent. You know, most, most times it's somebody who refers you. It's either an actor who's already in the agency who refers you, or you find out how you can send them your demo reel. But you got to get that demo reel. That demo reel to a voice actor is like the headshot to a physical actor. So that's really important. And then you shop yourself and you do things like go to the voice acting um, clubs here. You know, the joys of voice acting, that's my club. I also have another club called Reinvention Retreat. And if you're looking for reinvention, that might be just the thing you wanna do is check out the voice acting. But I would get in these clubs, I have seen you know, they do a lot of like Rick Party's room or, or, or um, D Danny Burnside or Angela, you know, acting up with Angela. Wonderful rooms. And you can actually participate. So you can read some copy and get some feedback from the judges. And, and I've seen people win these contests and get agents. I mean, so really apply yourself and get in the community. Start meeting people because you're going to meet agents. You're, you're going to meet casting directors. You're going to meet fellow voice acting folks in these rooms and, um, and take a course. That's the main thing. You know, voice acting isn't one of those things you can fake it till you make it. This information doesn't just roll off a truck and into your ear. You really have to learn the craft. Most people say, oh, well, my mom always told me I had a great voice and everybody always, yeah, well, tell me some other myths about voice acting because if having a great voice, that really isn't it. It's about being able to act with your voice and making those scenes jump off those pages. And that's the power of using your imagination, Kelly, just like you were talking about. You know, you have to create scenes in your head to make them real to somebody who's just listening. You don't have the benefit of walking in and batting your eyes and Everybody see you put your hand on your hip. No, you've got to do all of that in your voice. And it's just, um, it's exciting to learn. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a tough business. But it starts with a good education. It starts with educating yourself, understanding how the business works, how the business speaks, and what they're looking for, and what is that special sauce in your voice that's going to say, oh, my God, we got to get Kelly for this one, you know? So that's what we help discover in class. What genre you're most interested in. Um, be it animation or promos, commercials, whatever it is, and uh, what your special sauce is. And then you take it from there. And I can see that amazing things will happen after you do that, for sure. Kelly, Thank you. I'm definitely interested in this. Yeah, yeah. Say, I hope yeah. that answers yeah. your question. Um, we've got time for just about one more question here. We've got Dr. Janie. Good morning. Over to you. Good morning, Trevor. Rolanda, this has just been an awesome interview. Thank you to Dr. Rowe for bringing you here. You know, the year was 1995, and my mother, my sister, my best friend were sitting in the front row of your show. <laughs> Get out of Dodge. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and that's not even it. So I was, um, it was a gift. I said, she said, what do you want to do? I was graduating. I said, I want to go to the uh, Rolanda show. And then when I went to college, I was going to Long Island University, CW Post Campus. My college roommate was actually, when we were talking, she was actually a guest. Her, her boyfriend, and her mom were guests on your show. So small, <laughs> small world. But uh, thank you for being here. And it's just an honor to um, meet you uh, through Dr. Rowe. But, you know, my question is that we can all glean from. And you look back at all your experience and all of your not regrets, but life lessons. I mean, what would be the chapter that you would write over that you can pay forward to all of us through all of your experience? I'd love to hear your thoughts. This is Dr. Janie. Oh my goodness. Um, I think, let's see, what would I say? I just say, believe in yourself. 
and be open to the universe. I mean, good things can happen and, and just believing in your dreams and believing in yourself and knowing that you're, you're, you, you, are, you, you yourself are enough. And even when the things that we think are our faults, those things can turn out to be your greatest gifts. You know, I, I look at, I, you know, I, I always had a deep voice and went to all girls schools. I always played the guys, <laughs> you know, I was a, they called me froggy. You know, my voice was deep and horsey, you know, kind of raspy, but that's, that's my special sauce. That's what makes me the, the, the chief Olga in army of frogs. <laughs> I say, look at how life turns around. But I think it's believing in yourself, being open to your own gifts and and going for your dreams you know this isn't like we always hear this it's not a dress rehearsal folks this life is fleeting and it's quick and if you can do you and touch somebody in a positive way inspire people with your gifts then you've done a good job of living and um i guess i would just say that be open to the universe there's so much you can do other than just one thing all your life and just gulp life don't sip it politely gulp gulp it take it all in and, and do you, make do what makes you happy, and don't do things that are not you. I mean, just for, for the money or for the accolades or whatever, but really tap into who you are. And I think life is all about self-discovery. We're all doing that, but your gifts can help you do so many things in life and touch so many people. Use your gifts wisely, and that will be your gift back to the universe so much for that beautiful answer. So loving you, Rolanda. I have to tell you before Trevor wraps this up, I got a special message on the back end. I'm not going to tell you who it is right now. They can talk to you privately, but I just thought what they said was sweet. They said, this is, I have so much to say. An hour with her is not enough. And then they said, how can we find out more of her on Clubhouse? And I, I just said back, she's always on Clubhouse, but she's on um, West Coast Hours. Do you have a club here? I think you do have a club, right? Or you Yeah, I have two. Yeah. Okay, can you two. tell us just a little bit about it so they know how to find you on Clubhouse and then always click on the bell so you can go right up in her room <laughs> and talk to her. <laughs> go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, the Joys of Voice Acting. That's one of my clubs the joys of voice acting. And then I have another club called Reinvention Retreat. So if you're looking to change or you just need a little little confidence in doing something new, trying something new, and a good community to support you, that's a good one too. So yeah, um, Reinvention Retreat actually was, was the mother that birthed the voice acting because mo most people wanted to reinvent themselves and be a voice actor. So that that's how the class happened. Just that's what I'm talking about when you say being open to things that um, there's always something new and exciting that you can do with your gifts. And and I tell you this, even in spite of all the COVID and all of that, we are hustling, we're making it happen and having fun doing it. So hang in there, folks. If you're in reinvention, I got you. And if you want to try voice acting, I got you there too. Rolanda.com with the O in the middle is where you can get details about the the um the class and you can hear some of my reels i've got a new sitcom coming out called wanda's diner and i played wanda <laughs> it's a fun one uh lonnie paul is doing it and carol burnett's kids are in it as well so we're having a good time with that as well so yeah check it out i would love to have you in the class and set up a discovery call if you want to know more and let's let's do it let's get busy let's put Thank that voice you. to work Thank let's you so go, much from one Rolanda to the other. Thank you. Yes, thank <laughs> you so much. Yes, thank wonderful. you. Hey, Glenn, I see you're back. Hey, thank you so much. I love your room, man. This, you're doing great stuff here. Well, thank you, and thank you for being here. Um, I heard Dr. Rowe calling me earlier and mentioned that I am on a run. It's actually raining out here. Uh, so I've never done a, a, a rain run before. This has been a new experience for me, trying to keep my headphones dry and all those other things. But I really love uh, Rolanda, what she just shared there at the end. Probably the most impactful part for me is just granting people that permission to to, to do you, boo, right? Like, <laughs> do you. Ew. I think it's so important. And, you know, my parents, they didn't mean to, but my parents tried to get me to do them. 
And I think a lot of parents try to get you to do them or your mentors or your coaches or your influencers. And they don't mean to. They have the right heart. But when you accept the, the, the when you allow yourself to do you, that's where that freedom comes from. And you do it so great, Rolanda. Like, you are you. And it shines. And it's such an attractive quality. And it's why we're all so drawn to your energy and the frequency that you vibrate at. Because you're not trying to be somebody that you're not. And so that's the biggest message and takeaway that I get from experiencing you. And I've, I've heard you before in, in, in other rooms and whatnot. And I'm just honored that you chose to spend this time with us this morning. And I agree, an hour is not enough. <laughs> it's not enough time with you. And uh, it's just been an amazing morning. So thank you for being here. Dr. Rowe and Trevor, thank you for, for bringing her. I also see my friend Kelly, who I normally see at night. It's great to see you on here, Kelly. And uh, yeah, just do you, boo. That's the message <laughs> for the day. Do you, boo. No, I love you, Rolanda. Thank you so much. I love you back, Glenn. Thank you so very much. Dr. Rowe and Trevor, I cannot begin to tell you how much I've enjoyed this hour. And I'm so honored that you asked me to come into this beautiful room. I love this room. There's always so much value in here. And I just thank you so much. Thank you very much. Well, we thank you and we really do appreciate you coming here today. Guys, you've been tuning in to the Who You Know and Dr. Rose Show segment inside of Breakfast with Champions. And can I get everybody to do me a big favor? Unmute your mic for Rolanda Watts. Let's get a do you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.